1: I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderit and Craig Epstein, uh, Rutgers beat writer. Got quite a bit to talk about. You guys were both at Rutgers Media Day yesterday for basketball, so we'll talk about that. We got some recruiting stuff, some rankings, updates, some Wagner thoughts from uh, last weekend. Uh, let's just go right off the top, though. You guys are both at Basketball Media Day, uh, which consisted of an open practice and then uh, like a 25-minute uh, question and answer uh from from Steve Peichel. Um let's talk about practice though. Richie, you were out of practice last week. Uh you know, we, we did a lot of reporting on that. Craig, let's hear here, let's hear what you thought about the team seeing them practicing for the first time uh, in twenty three, twenty
0: four. Yeah, I mean everybody kind of think there's no secret now this team is much faster. It's a much more up tempo team. Even Cliff talked about it I saw in his uh in his uh I think with ng dot com is just now. Without Paul, you know, Paul was kind of I Paul was just a different style. It was more, you know, we joked about YMCA basketball for years, but between Derek and now Noah, it's much more of an up-tempo type team. So it's very fast. And as we saw yesterday, that that you know that style can take away from your defense a bit. So yesterday, even Steve Peichel mentioned it, that the defense was, you know, a little bit off yesterday. But that's just kind of something you have to live with now with an with an up-tempo offense like this, because, like he said. The more shots you take, the more times you're going to be spending on defense. So it kind of it's kind of a yin and yang. You kind of give and take with this style of play. But this is this is pretty much modern basketball now. And as long as as long as Rutgers can hit their shots, you're not going to have any problem with it.
1: How are you, Rich? Did it kind of match up to what you saw last week, or did you see anything different in the new completely,
2: wrinkles? Completely different. <laughs> um, the shooting was not on on point like it was last week, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a given for any shooting team basically um, but yeah a lot of, a lot more defensive uh, a lot more defensive strategy schemes like that um, a lot of full court press too which um, kind of leads back to what Karina was saying is uh, I guess his first practice article that he saw um, yeah the, the tempo's still the same it's still quick it's still fast ace or nice oh geez <laughs> not yet <laughs> next year um, Andre Hyatt uh, still the best shooter on the team by far I just, Antonio Choll impressed me a lot this one um, and it goes back to what Pico was saying in his presser and what we've heard kind of before every practice there's someone different that stands out. There was like three plays in a row where Antonio Choll just was nailing threes and he couldn't miss uh he was by far the best outside shooter on um what was yesterday Tuesday. so it's it's just a different practice every time um but yeah, and no, I think I think overall is basically the same for the most part but uh the the one on one matchups that I love and they they let him go up and down the court and then the whole team just follows him up to court and it was just. Derek and Jermichael, and you saw the tweet, probably. It's just so so exciting because it, they, they all are like, Michael's uh, like, hey, all right, who's the best offensive player? Go left, the best defensive player? Go on the right side. Everyone goes left. It's like, what? Stop. like. <laughs> but Jermichael goes to the right side, and it's like, all right, cool. like I kind of respect that. But uh, I think a lot of them, like if you saw them like huddling up and deciding who's going to win and who's going to be the offensive player, like Jeremiah Williams might be <laughs> up there. He he needs to really? he needs to play, man. If he, if he could play, he's a starter. There's no question.
0: Wow, I was thinking that too when because the the thing about it, like you said, if he play if he were to play this year, I feel like he would have like you said, he'd be a starting and he'd have significant impact. If he <laughs> gets to play next year, which I mean, again, we're, they're bringing in Ace Bailey, hopefully, probably bringing in Dylan Harper. Like it's basically going to be the Ace and Dylan show that we that we thinking it's going to be. So. Even though he'll ha- he'll he'll become more of probably like along the lines of a depth piece than like an. I think actual think he still impact. starts. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think he will still yeah. start, but it's just like he won't have the same. He probably won't have the same type of impact that he would have for this this squad. I think.
2: Yeah, that's that's a given based on the fact that like this squad, he could probably get a little bit more shooting, but he's still going to be that three and D guy at guard, in my opinion, or maybe even like a wing type player. Um, I think next year he's full fledged starter. I think Dylan's the one. He's the two, and that's it. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I've seen a few clips of uh, Jeremiah Washington or Jeremiah Williams um, in (laughs) stuff that the uh, the social team for Rutgers basketballs put up. He had like this really interesting like hook shot. Did you guys see that on display at all? Like, what what about him impressed you other than just him standing? Like, use some specifics since we we all haven't really seen him play yet
2: uh defensively i'll say they played like five on five like like they do every practice um guys were cutting on the rim on him um and he was just he was just standing in front of them the entire time like he's just a on-ball pest there's no way to really no other way to put it um caleb mcconnell so physically, like physically he,
1: he didn't look limited at all
2: no he you couldn't even tell he was injured last year at all wow. and this is a guy who's what maybe a little over a year removed from an achilles injury not maybe not yep. even a year um yeah, no, he looks perfectly fine. And then they do a drill where it's like two on three to try to set up defensive matchups and stuff like that. And he still just shifts his body well. He moves really well. Great footwork. And he's he's just getting steal after steal. And I'm just like, dude, like, I well, number one, hold on to the ball if you're on the offensive side. But yeah. number two, it's like, dude, this guy's hands are everywhere. Like, he's such a good player that I think people are crazy still because they're like, you know, kick him off the team. He did this. He did that. I don't give a shit what he did with the gambling <laughs> thing. Who cares about it? Like. <laughs> Um, 90, I, I said this before I said 90% last time too, but probably 70% of college athletes are probably gambling on sports. Like there's just no way around it. Like it's so out there who cares, who gives a shit. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say like Jeremiah Williams is a full blown stud. And if he not saying he's getting a waiver, but like when a guy like uh, Brad Underwood wants you on his team. And I, the specifics behind that had nothing to do with the gambling, I was told. It strictly was the fact that he probably wasn't getting waiver and Underwood wasn't going to waste a ship for a year. That, gotcha. that, if Brad Underwood wants you, it tells you are a pretty damn good player.
1: Yeah. And the, the hidden upside to having a guy like Jeremiah Williams on your team, despite him not being able to play, it, you might think it's a waste of a scholarship. But this guy is going to be the best player on the scout team all season. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a guy who, like, you can rely on to be the best defender to simulate that, even though it might not be a guy Ruckers can play. It'll be, it'll make the mm-hmm. team better throughout the season for sure.
2: Yeah. Between him, between Dan Vesey had an arm, army offer. He's on a, a walk on. Uh, Zach Kane's coming from D3. He's, he's decent, but it, it, like you said, he's just the leader of the scout team and that's huge for Ruckers.
1: So let's talk about some other new guys on the team. Um, did, did everybody practice yesterday or was it mostly was it was Manuel manual didn't practice last mm-hmm. week. Was that the same thing t- uh, yesterday?
2: Yeah, he's still not a go whatsoever. He's still non contact uh, mags in and out uh, depending on what the drill is. They're still working him away, working him along slowly. Um, Michael mentioned it in his press conference after practice, uh, mags going to go at his own speed. We're not going to rush him back. Uh, I know kind of, I think it was Fonseca asked about it. He was kind of trying, not trying to bait him, but like kind of trying to say like, Hey, like, is he going to play game one? And he's, he kind of shifted towards and say no, but you could tell he wanted to say kind of no, like it's not going to happen. And that goes back to what we've heard already saying, like, he's probably not back till mid November, late November, maybe even so. Um, but yeah, everyone else practiced.
1: Um, so just run through some of the, the newer guys. Let's start, you know, the heralded <clears throat> freshman, Gavin Griffiths. I know we did this last time, but you know, we. When- we all have seen, you know, a full season from guys like Derek. We've seen you know several years from guys like Andre. Uh let's talk about the new guys. Start with Gavin. Did he look the same about this practice as he did last?
2: Um, I'd say Gavin was a little less I, like I said before, guys are missing shots. He was just falling short on a lot of his shots. They're on point, they're on target. Still has a great like phenomenal form, um, especially on his jumpers, but uh, when it came to actual practice, like he was just missing short, like every time, I don't know if he's tired and Michael said guys were fatigued. They're still trying to learn and get more in shape. Um, cause it, it, there's a jump obviously between high school and college, especially for the freshmen. Um, so I, I think it's a, just probably a product of that, but overall, like he's, he's still a good player. His defense worries me a little bit. And I think that's his biggest issue because he almost stands flat footed. And it's like you kind of can't really, especially when you're when you're want to when you want to be this guard, you can't be guarding like a Jeremiah Williams, Michael Davis, Derek Simpson, Noah Fernandes, and think that you could just go flat foot against these guys. Like they're sure. they're they're going to get you quick. Like so, I th- I think his defense still needs some work, and I think that's something that it's a work in progress. But you could easily fix. It's not like it's super hard. And like like I said before, if anyone's going to fix it, it's going to be the defensive mastermind himself and Steve Michael.
1: For sure. And uh what about Jay Mike? He was a guy that uh seemed to get a lot of hype last time and it sounds like he, he lived up to that again.
2: Yeah, he's he's gonna play a significant role. There's no question about it. Um I don't know w- what type of role. I would assume probably off the bench, but he's, ru- he's running with Noah Fernandes as a starter in a couple of these drills. So it's like I don't wanna say six man, but I think it's it's gonna be weird because like you wanna put Derek in you wanna put Derek out there number one. He's gonna get minutes. Noah Fernandes is gonna get minutes. Gavin Griffiths might play a two or three um, type role. He'll get minutes. Um, So there's not a ton of minutes to go around, especially when Andre Hyatt starts shifting back to like that guard slash wing role, because that's where everything gets a little complicated in terms of rotations and stuff. But no, I think, I I think Jermichael Davis is probably your best guard on ball guard defender um, or backcourt defender. Uh, But yeah, he's explosive. He can, he can hit a couple shots here and there. and, And he's, like I said, he's a pest. He's like a, I told Craig this off the pot. I think he's like a poor man's Jacob Young.
0: And it's funny because, like you said, he's such a and he just he's a freshman. Like he just got here, and he already he already fits like such a glove for this team that even Richie, you told me about a uh, scout that was uh, asking about him, and it was mm-hmm. like, uh, and you're like, yeah, but he's just a freshman. It's just like it, when you even so quickly, he's already getting an NBA scout like pretty impressed with him. So that really just it really just says a lot about Jim Michael Davis.
2: Yeah.
1: Um one of the other new guys who got this offseason sounds like he's gonna probably be a starter in Noah Fernandes. Um what did you guys think of Noah seeing him out on
0: the court uh at media day?
2: You can go Craig if you wanna go first. Yeah,
0: I mean he just he is just like advertised where it's just like he's pre- he's probably gonna be the star- he's probably gonna be the guy handling the ball, probably taking more of that. Paul I kind of taking Paul Mulcahy's role, but the difference between him and Paul is that
2: that role's Paul, dead. Just to yeah, get to the face <laughs> by saying that there's no one <laughs> dribbling with their back to the backboard. The no, half-board. yeah,
0: it's a it's just a completely different game where he's just cuts to the rim. You know, looks looks for that open guy, but he he's probably gonna he's gonna be more of a shooter. And as we've seen, you just look at his stats. The guy's coming off such. I mean, he was limited last year with the injury, but he was like a what was he like 48 uh, percent three point shooter, and he shot just a great shooter. So you add that, you add that layer to this offense, it just adds so much. And if he can continue to get comfortable at, with c- can get comfortable here, he's just going to be such He's He could be, he could end up being one of the most pivotal players on this team.
2: Yeah. I, mean, I think that's pretty fair.
0: <laughs>
1: um, what about Austin Williams? I know that he's, he had an injury last year, but he was practicing in full last, last practice here at Richie. Did, did he look, uh, about the same this uh, this practice as you did last
2: yeah he was a little more quieter this practice he had he had took some lumps here and there on the on the defensive end offensively um he's probably from what I was told the worst free throw shooter on the team which is a little surprising from the guard perspective I kind of just assumed well we I guess we can't really assume because Emmanuel Aguil hasn't really um been out there at all so it's hard to say but uh, yeah, now he's, he's a, he's a good player. I think he could score in numbers and in bursts, but most of his scoring is going to come from drives and, uh, maybe I don't even know if he has a mid range to be honest with you. It's, it's his outside shots, not great, but he did hit a three to, uh, yesterday in a five on five. So it's, it's hard to say really he's, it seems like he's probably not a hundred percent. seems like he's still trying to ramp it back up. And maybe it's just shaking off rust. Like we see it with football too. Like Sam Brown comes back and everyone's like, oh, superstar, he's back. And it's like, no, hold on. That's it's working back. So, um, and it's it's probably the same for him. Like I know it's been a year now and it's an ACL, which is probably, I would say, I think we can all agree. It's a less lesser injury than an Achilles. Right. Um, but Jamichael uh, perfectly fine. Austin's probably still shaking off a little bit of that rust. And uh, we'll see what he can do this year.
1: Alright, so we've talked a lot about what you guys saw yesterday. Is there anything we missed on before we move on that you, you think we should we should harp on about how media day went?
0: I was gonna say we meant I mean you mentioned this yesterday that Wolf Folk he looks so much leaner. Like whatever his offseason, they must have they must have really gotten him with the you know, strength condition and, and everything because he just looks like so much like I said, just so much leaner and just so much I guess more athletic. So that's really gonna help. As opposed to you know everybody's so used to the big hulking big man, I guess that's I guess that's that's going to be Emmanuel Agbali's role this year because that guy <laughs> is just like that guy is built like the Incredible Hulk. He is humongous. <laughs> it's, it's I was like standing, I, he was sitting, I was standing, and I, I'd say next, and he's just like I think he's still bigger than me. Like his biceps are just probably the size of my head. It's just <laughs> that guy is unbelievable, but. Wolfolk is look like I said, looks much leaner, so that's probably gonna add to make him more athletic and just gonna be just a better just a better big man now in year two.
2: Um in terms of like a final thought on this team, I mean it's it's I've said everything. I don't think it's anything crazy. I do think they're a tournament team. Um I think Cliff's well, no, I don't think Cliff, I think Gavin Griffith's is gonna lead the way of scoring, but I think Cliff's gonna be right up there. Uh, he's still got to work around around the rim. Like he's got to work on that touch. I don't know how at this point you teach it to him, but he's he's got to figure out a way. Pikele uh, said he, there's been times where he's bringing up the ball. I don't see that stuff happening um, ever. I hope. <laughs> um, there was other time. Uh, he also mentioned how he wants to get Wolfolk more minutes at like a five slash four roll. I also don't see that happening. I don't know if most of you probably remember him Pikele also saying like, I'm not gonna bag on pico but he also said ralph g was going to play a ton a huge minute role and it's like "Mm, that's true i really did that and then he said miles johnson and cliff are going to play together and it's like that never happened like so i i would take a lot of what he said a little bit as coach speak this is but he is true it is a fact this is his deepest team there's no question about it it is a fact that the tempo is going to be completely different than usual um you guys are even if they're not winning it's still going to be exciting basketball because it's not hey let's dribble up the court oh it took us like 12 dribbles just to get the half court. All right, Paul, now pass the ball. All right, Paul, move No, nope, I'm going to stay at the top of the key. Okay, all right. Um, but uh, I don't want to bag on them too much, but it's just a completely different team. Better shooting, a lot of shooting. And it's going to be a lot of three-pointer attempts. Um, are they going to fall some nights? Yes, and you're going to be like, holy shit, they're going to score 100. And then there's going to be other nights where it's like not not their night. And that's just that's the way shooting works. You hit or miss sometimes.
1: Yeah, he, I think the final thing I will talk about is that Pike. I know Pike, a few years ago, he got himself into some trouble, and not like huge trouble, but he said that it was his most talented team ever. And then they had those struggles <clears> midseason. <throat> and I think he's been very sh- <clears throat> gun shy about making proclamations like that yeah. since. So I thought it was kind of surprising he said this is his deepest team ever. Um, and he's talked about never using that 13th scholarship until this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think. It is uh it is something to to keep to pay attention to that he did say it was his deepest team ever he feels confident in you know possibly playing eleven twelve guys this year which I I don't think we've ever been able to say about uh, a team Coach Peichel has has led
0: and that's also um, an important aspect of have, because uh, playing the more up tempo offense guys are gonna yeah. get tired more so you're gonna have to have yeah. a much deeper team than in years past
1: yeah absolutely um. Yesterday, another thing that came out was Rutgers' uh, basketball schedule got some more refinement to it in terms of networks and times. So we got all of our national uh, national games announced. Rutgers will be playing two games on Peacock this year. The first game will be opening day against, Pe- or against Princeton on November 6th. That'll be at 7 p.m. on Peacock. The other Peacock mm-hmm. game will be January 9th. That's another home game versus Indiana. Um, The other uh, national games we got, we got FS1 for uh, November 15th versus Georgetown. Uh, December 9th at Seton Hall, we'll be playing FS1. Um, February 22nd, we'll be playing at Purdue on FS1. Uh, February 29th, we'll be playing at home against Michigan on FS1. And March 7th, we'll be playing on the road uh, at, at Wisconsin on FS1. The the game I think uh, I'm most excited for is Rutgers is playing Purdue at home on January 28th on Fox at 1 p.m. Why is this significant? Mm-hmm. That is a Sunday. That is the day of the NFL's conference championship games. Those don't start until 3 o'clock. There's literally nothing else on TV. So Rutgers will have this awesome window at 1 p.m. where the entire country will be sitting around. It's cold as hell outside. They got nothing else to do. They'll be waiting for football. They'll be wanting to watch something. And this will be the big game on TV that day. So huge opportunity for the program to really make a, uh, make a big splash on the national uh, scene on January 28th against Purdue.
0: Mike, you're just excited because you're going to be thinking to yourself, man, just a couple more hours till the Eagles play in the NFC Championship game. Oh, we're, we're going there. You, you slay me. Uh,
1: how did you know that's exactly what I was thinking? You're right. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a fun day all around. Uh, Eagles back-to-back Super Bowl berths. Rutgers, big win uh, against Purdue at home. Can't wait.
2: Fuck the NFL. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's wrong, Rich?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I spent spent sixty bucks or seventy bucks on the to watch my team get absolutely dominated by an average Seahawks team. So, um,
1: yeah, I do okay. want to put it out there. I think the Forty Nine ers are a better team than the Eagles this year. I don't want it to make it seem like I'm a huge homer. I do think the Forty Nine ers have looked better so far. So they need to, yeah. the Eagles need to tighten up a lot of stuff. Uh, they're not as good as they were last year. Um, Let's go, back.
2: Anyway, um, yeah, I found anyway. it interesting, the TV schedule. Um, BTN for Mississippi State, which, I mean, it's it's just intriguing because BTN is going to get their whole crew and their whole network into Prudential Center for a game. Is, is this a uh-huh. test of the future, maybe? Like, you're going to see if, like, hey, maybe we could do this, like, full-time for a season because, you know, we got to renovate that bad boy.
1: Well, we've also <laughs> heard that that's not the plan, so we'll see.
2: <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's, we don't know yet. You never know.
1: Um. So, yeah, that's that's the TV schedule stuff. Just a, a handful of games getting the special treatment. Um, most of our games will be on BTN or BTN Plus this year. No different than last
0: year. Um, Same
2: thing, but you got a peacock, a.k.a. as a yep. one, one coach, I won't name him, likes to call it the cock. That was me. <laughs> no, no, there was a coach. There's there a coach that calls it that. OK.
0: Well, I, mean, can't
2: say, very, I can't
0: say who. But... Then we're on very similar wavelengths. Both got something on the mind.
1: Um, <laughs> <but> anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um, Thanks. We had a basketball rankings update on Rivals <clears throat> this week. Um, that we did. had Ace Bailey move from number three overall in the country to number two overall, jumping uh, top Rutgers target Dylan Harper. Dylan Harper slid from two to three. Um, we saw Latham Somerville um, take a bit of a uh, – a, not a fall, but his, his ranking got knocked down a little bit. He went from, I believe, one... Where, where was he at? So he was at... He was at 86? 80, uh, yeah, where the hell
2: was he? 101 minus 14 quick math. He was math, at yeah, there you go.
1: So he was at 87th. He's now 101. Uh, the big riser is Dylan Grant. So Dylan Grant was previously unranked. Now he's at 129. So he's less than 10 spots away from being a four-star prospect. Uh, I know that you said that everybody at the Rivals ranking crew really likes him. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dylan Grant in the final rankings update ended up being a four-star, be a four-star prospect. Actually, you've got quite a few rankings to go still because this is a... yeah.
2: We're not even in these
1: kids' senior years, yeah. Yeah, so still a pretty good chance he ends up as a four star. Um, What what goes into a decision like moving one guy ahead of another when it's like so close to the top? Like, what what pushed Ace Bailey ahead of Dylan Harper?
2: It's just his recent play. Number one, he's just been dominating every single camp. And if you watch both of them, like, I don't get me wrong, Dylan's great player, phenomenal player, NBA player in what two years um ace bailey same thing nba player in two years but when you see a six foot ten guy, or i should say actually six foot ten and a half now um when you see a guy with his height and his size doing what guards are doing it's kind of like oh shit all right well hold on (laughs) yeah gotta rethink everything now because now that guy needs to be kind of needs to be bumped up like don't like i said dylan's great but ace is doing things that point guards are doing so it's like it's freaky
1: yeah, his his combination of size, length, speed, athleticism, shooting ability—I mm-hmm. mean, Cooper Flag is ranked ahead of him. I don't think there's a player in the class that has the combination of skills that and, and gifts that Ace Bailey has. Great. I get why Flags ranked higher, um, but I don't think that the, I don't think the the gap is very large. It wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all if Ace Bailey ended up as the number one prospect in the country when this when things are all said and done. And we've been yeah. saying that for a while
2: it would not uh, would not shock me a bit, but I know it might shock the rest of the world because they uh some people definitely won't be happy, and maybe a guy named Shire down in uh, the Carolinas might not be pretty happy with that one, but that's besides the point well
1: yeah, yeah, I don't think he would be happy, but yeah um, what about the rest of our uh our players in these ranking updates?
2: um Dylan Grant uh he's an intriguing one because he was actually ranked in the top 150 previously back in December what does it say September 2022 so it's like I don't know how this how that happens or what happens that he goes from 133 in December 2022 and a non-ranked non-ranked and it's like hold on wait a second we fucked up he's pretty good actually put him back up and then he goes to 129 and it's like it is what it is rankings are weird I, I really tell people all the time like don't don't pay attention to the rankings when they commit Pay attention to the final ranking. Like, everyone's like, well, Muhammad Toure was a two star. And it's like, come on. Like, dude, he was a three star when he was done. And everyone's like, Ron Harper Jr. was unranked. And it's like, dude, he was a top 120 kid, four star. Like, that's that's Stop. That's not how that works. Rankings don't work based on when they commit or the second ranking or the third ranking. It's the final ranking and that's it. But I do think Dylan Grant, who's at 129 right now, 34 overall, small forward, has a really good shot of leaping into that four star range um i think you said it before what is he like 15 spots 20 spots or something like that away maybe less uh,
1: he's he's nine spots away
2: oh nine spots away so i think he has a really good shot we've hyped him up <clears> already <throat> um our national sites hyped him up as an under the radar commitment he not only did dominated the UYBL circuit but he had a game where he had like 28 rebounds that's incredible like that's just an unheard of stat like he's a more polished version of uh what, what did, I, did I call him? No, not Mag. He's like similar to Bryce Dorch's stature and like height and weight and build and all that. But he's just more polished, in my opinion, offensively and defensively. He's he's a, a pest. He's, he's I, There's really no other word to say it other than pest and defense. But um, he's, he's a really good player. And then uh, who's the other one? Lathan Somerville took a, took a little dip in the rankings. But that's I don't think it's anything significant. He's still a stud. He's still a great player. Had a really good EYBL season. I think this one... The dip is more based on some of these guys are ranked on high school potential. Some of them are an NBA potential. Like, and it's, it's tough. There's no perfect science to it. And I don't know how much of an NBA player he is, but I think he's going to be a hell of a college center. And I don't think there's anything to really worry about. He's going to compete with Wolfolk and Ogball next year for the starting minutes. So.
1: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. He's he's certainly got the size and the offensive uh, prowess to, to play early, and we'll just see if he uh, he can actually do it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> the next thing I have up on our our list here <clears throat> is that there's a, a camp in Las Vegas being held the weekend or the week leading up to homecoming for Rutgers called the Wooten Camp. Uh, it's a prestigious event. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if the coach's full name, but it's a guy named Coach Wooten. He has you know the top 150 players in his list or however many of them he you can get to this camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ace Bailey and Dylan Harper will be there um, yes. along with a, a few others uh, that should, would not uh, surprise. I think Jale- Jaleel Bethea is going to be yeah, there. I, and I, just I don't have that. the full list, <clears throat> but uh, tell us what you heard about this camp Richie and is that going to affect visits? Cause I know that Ace was supposed to be on campus that weekend. Dylan was talked about being on campus that weekend.
2: So, no, it's not going to affect visits at all whatsoever. Um, they are still going to go to the event. I think the event's Thursday and Friday, but Friday ends at like two or three. I forget the exact time. I know we were talking about it yesterday, but uh, out in Vegas. And then as soon as they're done, like Ace is flying into to New Jersey. I'm assuming Dylan's probably going to fly at least home with him to New Jersey. It would make sense. Uh, Ace is going to meet up with his family, he's probably already going to be there. Um, and then uh, there's not no confirmation that, that Dylan's going to be at homecoming, but when you have Dylan Grant, Lathan Somerville, uh, actually Dylan Grant still to be determined, uh, Lathan Somerville, Ace Bailey, uh, who am I missing? I'm missing someone. Oh, Bryce Torch. Um, all on campus, it would make sense for Dylan to go there. It's homecoming weekend. It'd be a lot of hype. Whether it be maybe a potential bowl game um, if they win that one against Michigan State. For football between that between the midnight or not midnight madness uh night fest right i got yeah, that right yep. uh night fest so there, there's a lot going on right now and it's i i don't know how dylan sleeps dude this man doesn't stop yeah. like and <clears throat> then he's in this this border league i'm looking at now it sounds like which is going to be in arlington virginia and it's going to feature overtime elite john marshall Immeltep bishop o'connell archbishop Stefanak sounds like that uh in some way, shape, or form, Ace Bailey's team is in that league too, and it's just like a, the first annual Border League East tournament, and it's just a massive amount of teams, and that starts October 27th to the 29th, and it's this shit doesn't stop. Like, let the kid, dude commit already, because you got no time to visit anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it seems like he's got every weekend he's doing something crazy across the country yeah, with uh, when he's camps or visits and things like that.
2: Bonkers, I don't know how but... he doesn't
0: get bored. Uh, like <clears> he <throat> just plays so much basketball; it's crazy.
2: Ball is life.
0: Right. <laughs> that is true. Dot com. I've heard that. It's
2: like the highlights. It's like hoops highlights. I don't even know if hoops mixtape is even a thing anymore. Actually,
0: the ball is the program.
2: Uh, <laughs> that one's ingrained in my brain. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Greg.
1: Yeah, speaking of balls, the program we <laughs> didn't have a, a a proper recap pod last week, this week uh, about last week's game against Wagner. It uh, apologies for that. No, we had the, the the live after game show, but what did you guys so give us some high level thoughts? I don't want to do a full game recap, but give us a couple thoughts on how you what you saw from the Wagner game that either impressed you, concerned you. Uh, Craig,
0: why don't you start? I mean, the only thing I guess concerning coming out was uh, Conga. It looked like he got banged up, and uh, th- I'm not sure. It doesn't look like he's going to play against Wisconsin, so that's kind of a loss, especially facing a team like Wisconsin, which we all know is just big in the trenches. So you kind of want to have all man, all hands on deck when you face a team like that. So that kind of stinks. But uh, positive wise, they did what they were supposed to do. They really just did- it wasn't. It was never even really a game. It was just. It was essentially just a a glorified scrimmage. Rutgers did whatever they wanted to do. It got to a point where we were probably, the starters were probably in for a little too long because the game was just never in doubt. But yeah, I pretty much saw what I expected. Rutgers Rutgers whooped up on Wagner. now they're four and one. And now this starts these, these next three games are humongous for this season because if you've, if they can beat Wisconsin, I th- well, I think they can, I think they can and will beat right now, at least Michigan state, and Indiana, those are, I think those are definitely winnable games. So there's your six wins right there. You beat Wisconsin. There's seven wins, and you're rolling into Ohio State at seven and one. Like it's crazy to think about that, but it's it's a I think it's a real possibility. So there's your seven one, and then Iowa. And as we saw, Iowa now unfortunately they lost Cade McNamara for the year, so they're going to be a little you know shorthanded when they face Rutgers. So if Rutgers can go in and beat Iowa, there's eight wins, and it's just like. It's unbelievable to think about before where we were before the season, where we thought this would be possibly a four or five win. I know some people predicted six wins, so credit to them. And now we're talking about seven or eight wins. It's just was like. That
2: your, was that your prediction? That
0: was not my prediction. Oh, okay. I predict, no, I predicted five. That was uh, Alec. That's, that's not Alec have. had six. I think Mike, I, f- I forget what Mike had, but uh, I forget. What, yeah, Mike, what did you have? Did you? What did you predict? I'm going five and seven. I okay. think. I think
1: given how the season's played out, both from, you know, Rutgers looking better than I think I expected, and also uh from
0: Rutgers' Big opponents
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's starting to fall apart between Indiana looking terrible, Michigan State's program imploding, Iowa losing their starting quarterback, uh Wisconsin not being quite as good as I thought. And after talking to the I, I, I did a podcast with the Wisconsin Believe crew last night, um that'll be released tomorrow morning. Um, they're having some some real struggles along their offensive and defensive line. They they were working with a two headed attack uh, at running back and Braylon Allen and Ches Maluski. or Malusi. Uh, Malusi broke his fibula, so he's out for the year. So now they have really nobody behind Braylon Allen. Um, so this is a team that's more vulnerable than I would have anticipated uh, coming into the season. Um, and all it seems like all the things that Wisconsin traditionally is known for. Is not really what they're known for this year either. So,
2: well, new OC, air raid, not air raid, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's an air um, raid. It, it's, yeah. It, it's just between that. I don't think this game, well, I don't want to dive too much into this one, but I don't think this one they're going to win. But like the Big Ten's in fucking like complete turmoil. Northwestern's got a fucking scandal. Michigan State's got yeah. a scandal. Iowa's just got the worst offense of all time. <laughs> um, but, um, what was the original question? Oh, Wagner. Duh. That game. That scrimmage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say the only, like, big takeaway I would really take away from this one is Jesse O'Fury's back. Played some early snaps, too, in the first quarter. A lot of snaps in the first quarter. I said it before. I'll say it again. When, if he was healthy to start the season, <clears throat> he would have played significant minutes. Or, sorry, snaps. Jeez, I'm talking about basketball still. Um <laughs> Yeah, he would have played significant snaps. He only had one catch. Pretty good. I thought the young young guys kind of stood out a little bit. Ian Strong, his patented one for 18, one for 17. Yep, yep, did that again. Um, <laughs> he should play more, but that's besides the point. Um, the two biggest shocks, or I should I should say one shock and one disappointment. I am looking at the Wagner team, and I was watching this guy run the ball, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. I'm like, oh, that's Piotr Partelia, or however you say it. My pronunciation's ass, but... Um, for Rutgers, PWO, who we actually thought was a blue shirt at one time, but whatever. He's not he's on Wagner now. Um, and in defense, dude, I can't harp on it enough. Max, you got to figure it the fuck out. I don't, I don't know. Like there's, there's something going on there. He just hasn't been the same. He didn't look good against Wagner. Wagner, Wagner, Wagner. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just like there's there's a joke in there somewhere. I just don't know how, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just he's, he's got to step up, man. And, and I know Wisconsin's maybe not the best uh, passing team in the world, but they're not bad either. So, like, Max, I, I have to be careful of him this week. So, yeah, that's all I got. Wagner was uh, and, a and,
0: and it was cool to see Reggie Sutton take the field, you know, credit to him. I mean, after such a long layoff, that <clears> is, that's just awesome to see.
2: Yeah, that was that was great for him. But I I do need to tell people this because our boards are going nuts. Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to start today? What, he should be our starting right tackle left or right guard because we we don't our stock our stink right now. And it's like yeah, no, they do stink. But um, Reggie Sutton's nowhere near ready. I don't think he's. I hate to say it. He, credit to him, he, he epitome of chop as Greg said. Um, he pushed through. He got on the field. I just don't see him as ever being a significant contributor again. His knee was absolutely destroyed like i don't know if like the man's going to be able to ever like full-on sprint again like he's he's it, it was a bad bad injury but credit to him he made it out there he got some snaps first time in a couple years i, I think they said the 400 days or something like that 500 days it was like 700 and oh 700 days geez, i don't even remember yeah. now. the last um, game
1: he played was michigan in 2021
2: damn that's um, kind of crazy
1: And that was the game that Rutgers lost 20 to 13. Um, and then he got hurt the following week during Mm -hmm. practice.
2: Um, Yeah. Credit to him though. I I shout out to him for coming back, but I, I just don't think he'll be a significant, uh, rotational guy. I think Felter and, uh, Trefani are going to be the top two guys. uh, Taj white too. top three guys coming in, in rotation.
1: Yeah. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. Um, so we covered a lot here. Anything
0: else you guys wanted to hit on before
1: we head out today?
2: You can go first, Craig.
0: No, mm, I think that just about covered everything. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure uh Mike, you're excited for your red October, you know? Yeah, uh, they
1: got <laughs> game one last night they pulled out. <laughs> game two hopefully they close it out tonight. Um, I like the new structure this these, these wildcard matchups where it's just three game series, all three are at the the, the higher Seated teams, uh home par- ballpark, uh three nights in a row. So excited for tonight.
0: The Yankees uh, are playing in about uh six months.
2: Yeah, thanks dude. <laughs> um are you a Mets fan, Craig?
0: No, no, I am not. I'm a Yankee fan.
2: <laughs> no, I ask you this all the time. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't really have anything. i I kind of I was looking, there's an Urban Meyer rumor that got shut down pretty quickly with uh Michigan State. Um other than that, it's it's just a quiet week. We're just kind of waiting for Saturday to come. Oh, the peacock, the cock. Um, <laughs> you, uh, if you don't have it already, we have a link on our site. I think it's also on ScarletKnights.com. You get a discounted subscription if you're a student and or alumni. Uh, if you're a student, I think it's only a dollar ninety nine a month. Which, dude, you get the office. So it's worth it, like hundred <laughs> um, percent. If Maybe you're an really alumni. What'd you say?
0: You see it maybe the reboot too. Do you see the rebooting the office? No,
2: dude, stop. Don't ruin a good thing. They <laughs> like, reboot everything and it's pissing me off now. It's like it's too much. Um they tried rebooting How I Met Your Mother and they ruined that. Because how I met your father was awful. Um <laughs> besides the point. I think alumni I'm looking at right now, where is it? It's a, uh, yeah, it's then scarlet nights.com. It's also on our website uh Alumni have access to an annual offer of forty dollars for twelve months, so that's still a pretty good deal, considering I think it's what four ninety nine a month something like that and uh yeah that's 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 pretty much it yeah you know, definitely subscribe to our site because that's more important hmm. and we'll, we'll 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 give you the game by game uh, live updates and you'll see people either complaining or being excited one of the two <laughs> it's
1: always one of the two um yeah but <clears throat> Thanks again for listening to everybody. Uh, thanks to all who have rated and reviewed. Um, if you haven't already, it really helps us gain uh, visibility and new subscribers. And just in general, it helps the show be better because the more people are aware of it, the more likely that we're going to get guests to come on to uh, chop it up with us, um, which we're expecting some some good guests in the near future. We've already teased them a bit, but uh, just stay tuned to your podcast feed because I think you're really going to like some of the, the guests we have on in the near future. Uh, but for me and Richie and Craig, this has been another edition of the Book Podcast.